When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. Nobody goes this far with coverage of yesterday's games. We came here for a mission. The ride has blanketed the NFL with many hills, four deep thoughts. And the coverage is now four deep. Four deep thoughts. Yes, it was such a popular feature during the NFL season. The Monday Manny Hills Four Deep Thoughts is back. Uh, Manny, uh, this weekend, what are your four deep thoughts, sir? All right, Patrick, I will give you thought number one, and it actually came from something today. Okay, that's uh, that, that counts as long as it's before 4 p.m. Central. We're good. <laughs> All right, here's number one. I'm coming back from a huge downfall to try and make, I don't know what kind of comeback it will be, but I know that I want to get back on the football field and do what brought me so much joy um, in my life and makes me happy doing this my job. Johnny Manziel, he uh, wants right. to come back, and he says he's uh, getting treatment for a lot of the uh, different issues that he has had and that uh, he was dealing with bipolar disorder as well. So uh, he is trying to come back, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him, Patrick. Did you see a video? Did he seem uh, sane? Uh, did he sound sane during the uh, interview? How, he, how did he look? He seemed like he's in a better place now than what we've seen from him in the past. I mean, I, I remember seeing him at, uh, I think it was when Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy in 2016. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they always have all the sure, previous yep. Heisman winners up there. And he just looked... He looked a mess. I mean, he just looked at his eyes were kind of bloodshot and he just he just did not Ooh. look like he was in a good good place at that time. He might have that been was... partying in Manhattan the night before yeah. the Heisman Trophy. That's a bad place for Johnny to be hanging out, I would think. Yeah, but uh he was on uh Good Morning America this morning and uh he looked he looked better. He looked like he's in a right state of mind and that uh, he's trying to get his life back on track. So. Well, he better go to Canada and play a year or two. That would be my yes. advice to show I don't think you'll ever I don't think you'll get a reasonable shot in the NFL unless he does the Doug Flutie deal and goes up there and wins a great cup or something. Yep, exactly. All right, here's thought number two. He was fun, though. Left. He'll bounce to LeBron, top of the key, 18-footer. Good. Man, did that look easy. LeBron <laughs> and George Hill with a two-man game up top. Cavs 79, Celtics 64. Clarkson fires a jumper. He knocks. 
knocks it down from the left side as the Cavaliers have taken a 104-75 lead. <laughs> How about Explain this, Explain this to me. How, boy, after all the uh, previews we received, it's going to take four weeks, six weeks for <laughs> these guys to get her together. They go up there and beat the Celtics bloody. You know what? Uh, my observation would be, uh, Manny. What's that? When the other guys make shots, it, it, it improves. You 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 look better when you got guys when you're playing with guys who can make shots. And and I think the biggest difference with the Cavs now they beat the Celtics one twenty one ninety nine yesterday in Boston, which is impressive in its own right. But I think what's really impressive about their performance is that they're get they're they're more athletic with this trade that they made. Yes, and so they're getting out and they're running and they're pushing the tempo and they're they're. They're they're moving faster and they've got the athletes to do that now and it's, it's uh boy if they get this rolling right away uh Boston better be careful. Well, I saw my guy Rodney Hood knock down a few shots for him. I think Rodney Hood is a is a lot better player than uh, apparently Utah didn't think he was giving them a proper effort, but I like that guy a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be pretty good for them. Good shooter. He's young. He's another athletic guy, so uh that should be pretty good. And Nice segue, Patrick, because thought number three has to do with Rodney Hood's former team. We'll have to wait for the specifics on the medical report, but um, his hip, his glute, uh, I don't know which, so he couldn't continue playing. Um, so he, he was feeling it, he tried to go. We knew at halftime we were going to try to shorten his minutes as far as how long he was in, but after that first stretch he was hurting. So if he, he could be in there, he, he would. I know that about him. So, Patrick, this is the time of the year where Ricky Rubio always seems to play really well and he starts yes, to shoot the ball well and everything. Fantastic he had been great for week. the Jazz the last handful of games, and then uh, he had to leave Friday's game against Charlotte Ooh, early. I didn't even with, see uh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, uh, he had to leave that game early. He had some hip issues and some soreness in his hip, and, of course, he missed the game uh, yesterday, too. So, um, yeah, he's uh, it's uh, it's tough to see that for Ricky. He was playing really well, and then that just gets stopped by uh, by some soreness in his hip. And among his myriad of injuries here was the hip previous one. I can't remember if he had, I don't the, remember. He had the he had, knee. He had the ACL. And, uh, he had the high ankle sprain. Didn't he have a back for a while? I don't know. Yeah, he had, yeah, uh, he's were... had a bunch of them, but uh, that's too bad. Yeah, Because I, I think I'm like everybody else. I like Ricky. I, I can't get myself all lathered up that they didn't keep him. Right. But uh, he's... Uh, and he gets... I think he had 34 followed by 29, right? At least in a three-game set stretch, I know he had 34 and I know he had 29. So Yeah, and and it seemed like Quinn Snyder, that was Quinn Snyder talking in that uh, in that sound clip there as well, the head coach of the Jazz. He sounds like lately he's been putting the ball in Ricky's hands a little bit more and, mm-hmm. and just sort of letting him play his own game because that's kind of what you have to do with him. But early in the year... I mean, he was making him play off the ball a lot, and that's yeah, not uh, that's not Ricky's game at all. By the way, this uh, Mitchell kid might be the rookie of the year. Huh? Oh, he's fantastic! I love him. Yeah, I love yeah. him. Where's he from? He's a Louisville kid. Louisville kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thirteenth right. pick. So, well, I'm sure he went there on his own volition, and there was no hijinks involved in his recruiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a one-off. This last deal we had here just never happened before in Louisville history. Stand-up guy, that Rick Pitino. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. All right, here's thought number four. All right, I, mean, I would love I can't to play wait. again. You know, that was my whole reason to come to Mizzou was to play. But I'm just having a great time watching the guys. You know, I mean, I think people lose focus. 
about what's really important. That's that our team is doing good, and we're having a great year. You know, we've already won 16 games. We won eight last year. So I'm having a great time watching the guys, but at the same time, um, I would love to get back and play with them. You know what I mean? So I, I'm enjoying watching them, but I would love to get back out there if I could. That is Michael Porter Jr., Patrick. Remember Michael oh, Porter sure, Jr.? Right. He was highly touted, expected to be the uh, one of the top picks in the 2018 NBA draft after uh, everybody figured he was going to be a one-and-done at Missouri. Well, he unfortunately injured his back, a pretty serious injury in the season opener, and he has not played since wow. for uh, Conzo Martin's Mizzou Tigers. But uh, that's him. He's hoping he can play a couple games this year. And uh, we might, you know, I don't know, depending on the situation, we might see him play a couple he, games he, at least. He, he might go right to the draft without ever having played, huh? Yeah, well, he played. He got hurt in the first half of their season opener, so he played wow. like a few minutes, but that was it. And he's... He was like one of the top high school players in the country, obviously, and uh, so that was kind of a blow to their season. But uh, maybe we'll see him later on this year. Who knows? Maybe Quanzo will get him back too for uh, next year. Maybe he'll decide to uh, play one more year rather than go to the draft. So yeah, you never know. Uh, all righty, hey, we'll be back. Andrew Kramer uh, covers the Vikings for the Star Tribune. We'll talk a little Kevin Stefanski and other issues, uh, John D. Filippo, and all that good stuff. Andrew Kramer covers the Vikings for the Star Tribune dot com. You had the uh, piece today in the Star Tribune on the uh, Vikings turning down the Giants' request, Pat Shermer's request to interview Kevin Stefanski and basically give him the job as the offensive coordinator. I think that surprised us a little, but then if you look at the Vikings' history and other teams, it it's, it happens quite often if they can if they can keep another team from getting a coach they want, they will generally do it, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty par for the course, Patrick, when you're talking about uh, this time of year in the NFL, and especially teams that competed and were that close to the Super Bowl, uh, they're going to come poach your coordinators. The Eagles, uh, and the Vikings, I should say, were fortunate enough that the Eagles allowed their new offensive coordinator, John DeFilippo, to go ahead and interview for that job because the Eagles could have done the same thing and blocked them from doing that. In fact, they did it a year ago when uh, the Jets wanted to interview John DeFilippo for their offensive coordinator role, but they granted that uh, interview this time around, and the Vikings got their coordinator. The Giants, though, uh, weren't so lucky. I think the Vikings have realized this is an organization that's invested 12 years into Kevin Stefanski, and now he's up to the level of their quarterback's coach, and he's somebody they want to keep around. And, and heck, who knows? Maybe if this goes well with John DeFilippo, he's a guy who's already uh, interviewed for two head coaching spots. And so if he ends up getting a chance, maybe Kevin Stefanski could have another round of interviews for offensive coordinator role right here in Minnesota. Filippo's contract was up, right, at the end. It would have been up in a five, six days or something like that. They could have kept him a little longer. So, But I would imagine, I wonder if they knew Reich was going to get the Indianapolis job, they could have just given him a – they could have just told him to hang tight, I would think. Well, it's just that Frank Reich was, was a guy, too, that potentially was going to interview for the Vikings uh, job if, if that was uh, a lateral move he wanted to make. So I think when you're looking at uh, potentially uh, Dave Filippo's situation, yeah, that, that's definitely something where um, he could have gone ahead and, and made that jump eventually. But for them to grant that um, you know, a few days ahead of time is something that teams don't even do. The Vikings didn't do that for uh, Kirby Wilson 
three years ago, their old running backs coach over Adrian Peterson, uh, he was going to get kind of a quasi-promotion and title to run game coordinator in Cleveland, and the Vikings made him wait for his contract to expire. So they still gave the Vikings at least a few days up. But, yeah, with that Colts job popping open, I wonder if they would have kept him around a little longer uh, considering that. You wonder uh, what uh, the situation is. It, it, the Most offensive coordinators like to be the guy calling plays, right? And uh, mm-hmm. that's not happening in Philadelphia. And I want, I'm wondering, you know, Filippo a year ago wanted to interview with the Jets for an offensive coordinator job. You wonder if Philadelphia just said, eh, this guy wants to get out of here, so we'll just let him leave, you know. Because he, yeah, that could... he, last year he uh, tried to get out of here, too. Yeah, that could play into it. And when we're talking about Stefanski, too, maybe this is just kind of a blessing in disguise for him. If things are to go well this year under this new uh, coaching staff that Dave Filippo, or not new coaching staff, but new coordinator and play caller and Dave Filippo, maybe that works out for Stefanski doesn't get a job where he could be calling plays. Because obviously with the Giants, he wouldn't have been under no. Pat Shermer, who would have been calling those plays. So uh, that's another situation where that's going to play into it. Guys want to call their own plays. Guys want to be able to show that skill set off. And teams are going to be much more willing to hire a head coach an offensive-minded one who's got an extensive experience doing that. And so I think with Stefanski, too, uh, it probably stings right now that he's not getting that Giants job because he was the front-runner for it. But uh, maybe if this goes well this year, he can bet on himself and make that jump next year. The uh, Vikings uh, supposedly gave him a few more bucks, huh? That's a, although they don't, they haven't even confirmed that they uh, turned down the Giants, I suppose. They don't, uh, you don't talk about stuff like that, so. No, I haven't heard, actually, whether or not that wouldn't surprise me, uh, especially, too, because you're trying to make sure this guy's content. Uh, Kevin's always been a team player and always kept his nose down and done the work, but you're essentially telling him to then go ahead and learn under the guy that you just lost the job out to. And so a few extra bucks here or there would help sweeten the pot. Yeah, that's there. what makes this a little different than a lot of a situation because you basically he was the first guy you interviewed and all the national guys who talked to Spielman and kept saying he's the leading contender he's the leading contender and then you then all of a sudden they the, the eagles beat the hell out of him and you're no uh, you know the eagles beat the hell out of him and then uh, the eagles go to the super bowl and now you're pushed to the back and De Filippo's the guy they want and they hire him in like 10 minutes so. Yeah, and the people, exactly, and the people that I talked to around Kevin Stefanski and Ben Gessling did some reporting, too, for us here at the Star Tribune, and he, he was made to feel like he was kind of the front-runner for that job, and so he wouldn't, surely wasn't expecting to lose out on this one here in Minnesota, the coordinator job, and then not the one either to then go ahead to the Giants, and so I guess, yeah, if you're the Vikings, you're going to try and make sure that you've got a content coaching staff underneath Mike Zimmer, that's for sure. I uh, it's interesting Philadelphia. Of course, they lose Reich, and and some people told me that you know I wasn't sure, I'm not sure how wired they were, but the Giants, uh, the the uh, Eagles were sort of higher on De Filippo than they were on Reich. They liked Reich as a guy, but uh, uh, that is losing a guy. They they liked De Filippo because of the work he'd done with the quarterbacks and. And Reich was just kind of the right-hand man for Peterson. Now uh, it looks like maybe Deuce Staley will uh, be, be the offensive coordinator there. He's uh, supposedly a rising star, but he's a running game guy, so it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles come up with. Yeah, it's a good pair, though, if you've got a quarterback's coach and, and more of a, a passing game guy in, in uh, Doug Peterson. Obviously, that's been his background. Obviously, a former backup quarterback in the NFL. And then pair him with you know an assistant who's got more of that running game side. I guess that, that pairing together could work, definitely. But you see guys 
I mean, I just mentioned Kirby Wilson not that long ago. He interviewed for offensive coordinator roles in the past. I remember the Jaguars opening, the Ravens opening uh, five, six years ago. And, and guys just weren't, or teams weren't just looking to hire those run game guys. And you're right, it's, it's a tougher path for some of those young guys who are just kind of grinding on more of the running game side because that's not where the game's trending. Uh, the, uh, watching that Super Bowl, Andrew, uh, it was, uh, it was amazing to see no defense for me, right. wasn't it? After, after, after what the Eagles defense did to the Vikings to see no defense against the Patriots was, uh, just hard to fathom. Yeah, and I read some uh, good analysis uh, across the board from, from ESPN and other sites and just our own guys, too, at the Star Tribune, just digging into that game. And it was surprising to see how the Eagles' game plan was really to back off the Patriots' wide receivers. I mean, the Eagles had the superior talent, and I'm surprised they didn't press them at the line of scrimmage. The corners didn't much. I mean, just getting into the nuts and bolts of the game, the way the Eagles went about it surely deserves criticism if they had lost. But then, the, I mean, Nick Foles is the, is the cult. I mean, he's going to be the hero. Yeah. Obviously, the one, the name that goes down when you mention those those backup quarterbacks, the very few that left up there. Man, did he save that game for him to give up 500 yards to Tom Brady and somehow beat him? It's amazing. They got to move him, don't they? They got to get a number one or a number two draft choice for him, a, a second and a fourth, something like that. Some, you know, you you can't as valuable as he is right now you, they got they got to move him i don't think you can keep him as your uh, second string quarterback uh, knowing that Wentz is coming back yeah if you're philadelphia i don't know how you can't listen to offers and if you're the vikings i don't know how you can't at least inquire and the vikings are going to have some great insight now with the new offensive coordinator coming from there but they wanted Nick Foles in the past. Before he went to Kansas City a couple years back, they inquired about making him the backup behind Teddy Bridgewater. And so I think when you're – or it would have been, I suppose, actually before Sam Bradford, before uh, Sam Bradford got hurt right after Teddy did. So you've got that situation where um, they do have that experience with him and might be looking to knock on the door and at least ask a question about him. And if you're Philadelphia, how do you not at least listen for offers and try to sell high on somebody like that? Hey, Andrew Kramer's with us. Andrew, uh, do you see them popping for 21 mil to keep Keenum for one year? I think it's possible when you look at their books. It's not the ideal situation. That's not what they want to do. They want to find a long-term solution. But I don't think this team's in a position where they're necessarily looking to start a young rookie quarterback, let's say, that they potentially get in in the draft if they look that route. Because when you look at Case Keenum, he's that perfect kind of stopgap that if you were to draft a guy this year, you bring Keenum in, you try to get the same kind of staff and system around in place of him that just helped him play so well to basically 14 wins this season. That can maybe help you bring somebody along underneath him if it's not going to be a Teddy Bridgewater or, or a Sam Bradford long term. I think Case Keenum has proven he can lead this team to where they need to go. Now, he had a very, very bad game. I understand that in the conference title game, but I don't think you can hold that over his head on who he is as a quarterback and how he can be with this team. They don't need 30 touchdown passes to, to win this to win any season for this Vikings team to win this division they need just good enough and I think Case Keenum showed he could be that so 21 million that's the that's the going rate for these guys and I think Case Keenum showed he deserves that for at least one year and uh it it, now if they end up uh getting getting the NFL to try to toll Bridgewater's contract there'll be an appeal and everything but uh that should be if you got Bridgewater making one point seven and uh, Kevin Stefanski in the quarterback room. That'll be an interesting quarterback room next year. 
It certainly will. It's still kind of murky, too, on whether or not it's the Vikings or the NFL who initiates that. NFLPA yeah. executive, you know, DeMore Smith didn't even come out and say whether or not it was. He said he didn't know. And for the, the union president to not even know who would be fighting it. And he also seemed pretty resigned when he talked about that during Super Bowl week. Uh, DeMore Smith from the NFLPA, he seemed to say, look, it's going to come down to the medicals. But he didn't seem real confident in what they had to stand on uh, regarding Teddy Bridgewater. So my assumption is, at this point, if the Vikings wanted that to happen, it could happen for him, and that would well, be a wanted to. I don't trust them. I don't trust. <laughs> hey, I don't think they're coming in and saying, "I know you don't want to do this, Vikings, but we're going to uh, we're going to rule on this uh, one way or the other." So, uh, I, 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 Rob Brzezinski, he's going to figure out the way to pay everybody the least he possibly can. Believe me. What That's the Vikings my, can do, what the Vikings can do, is that if that word is told, they can make it right before the season starts with him. They can give him some kind of an extra year with yeah, more incentives. Right. It's still, yeah, but basically, it's it's uh, something in their back pocket that they can hold over them in negotiations. Which you're right, every shrewd NFL team is going to do that. Yeah, and uh, you know, but it would have to be a decent number, or there would be no sense in him. There's no sense in him coming back for 1.7 and then like taking eight two years from now, right? I mean, you would have to make that a decent number two years from now. So, well, and I, I think guess. if it's Teddy, it depends on what else they do. If, if the Vikings go out and make a splash with Kirk Cousins, yeah, how could you ever want it? But if it's Case Keenum on one year and you've got two, I mean, if you're Teddy, you probably think you can beat him out this summer, don't you? Yeah, perhaps. I think they have the same chance of signing Kirk Cousins as the Twins did signing you, Darby. <laughs> so, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's happened. I don't... I still say that deep in his heart, Spielman wants to be right about Teddy. So, and it's a, Zimmer it's loves a big him. Num- oh, it's a big number too when we're talking about Kirk Cousins. He's going to break the bank. That's for sure. Yep. All right. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right, Andrew Kramer uh, covers the Vikings for the Star Tribune. We shall return. This is the Ride with Ricey from the winter home of the Wide with Ride with Ricey, the uh, Hammond Stadium press box, where our guy George Toma is making his, uh, the first appearance I've seen this year. And uh, George uh, didn't get the good tan this winter. He's just not nearly as tan as normal, and he's got a little pot belly on him. So uh, I think he's got to get himself in shape here dragging the field. We'll be back. I have just uh, been informed by Don Stoner, uh, the SID at Augsburg, and a guy who knows everything, that the only combined Korean team, uh, contrary to my earlier suggestion, is the women's hockey team. And beyond that, North Korea has only four athletes at the uh, Olympics. Ah. But uh, go get them, boys. (laughs) Johnny Height. Thanks, Patrick. This update is sponsored by Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Bad cold and flu season is upon us. The main difference between them is the flu brings a fever. Be prepared with the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, backed by more than 70 clinical studies. Uh, Olympics, uh, since you're talking about the Olympics, Patrick, uh, snowboarding, women's snowboarding. Yes. Uh, the same wind that prompted the International Ski Federation earlier in the day to cancel an alpine skiing event did not cause them to cancel the women's snowboarding. It was a mess. Snowboard riders were flung about the course at the Phoenix Snow Park. Uh, (laughs) They're lucky nobody got seriously hurt. Uh, But we won a gold medal, and that's what counts, right? There were 50 runs. 41 of them included a stumble or a crash. (laughs) 
Oh, my gosh. Wow. No serious injuries. American Jamie Anderson won her second consecutive slope-style gold medal. And uh, it uh, felt to, to her fellow riders more like a footnote than something to celebrate. Uh, they even said, uh, most of them, well, let's tell you what Dutch writer Cheryl Moss said. She said, this is basically right now just a bleep show. <laughs> okay. The Winter right. Olympics, we love them. No we filter. So uh, Joey Chitwood should have been there to present the uh, uh, medals. Uh, Joey's not around anymore, but Joey Chitwood. Exactly. Uh, Demolition in, Derby. Uh, the uh, FIS folks, the uh, Olympic folks, uh, did. Uh, they did address the concerns all the folks had about safety. They said the first priority is the safety of the athletes. Yeah. <laughs> we would never stage a competition if that could not be assured. They said the nature of outdoor sports also requires adapting to the elements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, medals at the moment. Germany has the most gold with four. Overall, Norway's in the lead with nine medals total. Uh, U.S. has four total, two gold, one silver, and one uh, bronze. We don't have two in any real sports. So what what are we what we want in this uh, snowboarding, the snowboarding? And what else do we win? I don't know what the other one is. I only go with traditional sports. If, uh, <laughs> if you win in uh, some of these make believe things, I don't count. On the large TV over here, I'm seeing what Kenny was talking about the two person uh, curling. Very interesting. Oh, really? I've, never, I've never seen two person. Uh, curling until I just watched it now. I never heard of it until Kenny brought it up. Why don't they back. have to really make it fun? Drunk curling. People have to be. Well, I think they point, already are. I think point one five, and then you get out there and curl like a son of a gun. You just have to act sober. That's all do you have to like, do. Do it like the sport is normally contested in America. Like bowling. Know? Yes, right. <laughs> At the end of last week, ESPN released its list of the top 50 free agents. Uh, in the NFL, as you might expect, all three Viking quarterbacks are listed. Uh, our buddy Kevin Seifert did the list. Here's where he ranked the Vikings free agents. Case Keenum is number five. Sam Bradford, number 18. Teddy Bridgewater, number 23. And running back Jarek McKinnon is number 41. I uh, think we're being a little uh, presumptuous here to think that Teddy's going to be a free agent. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to end up in front of an arbitrator, that's for sure. You think Bradford's going to end up with a job? <laughs> hey, he'll somebody have to, will sign him. Yeah, but nobody will give him a lot of money. Yeah. He'll have to make yeah. a club. He'll yeah. have to make a club. Yeah, he'll have to compete for probably even maybe even a backup job just because nobody can trust his body. Wilds Devin Dubnik is the third star of the week in the NHL. He was 2-0-1 during the week, had a shutout, 1.96 goals against average for the week. Dub. Wild will play the Rangers tomorrow night at the Excel Energy Center. Uh, one other Vikings note, I didn't add this in, I should have. They've signed an uh, offensive lineman, Josh Andrews, off the Eagles practice squad. Ooh, we're raiding the Eagles, Yeah, man. just pulling everybody away from Philadelphia. He was an undrafted free agent out of Oregon State in 2014. Uh, he has never started an NFL game, but he did appear in 16 games with the Eagles in 2015 and 2016. John D. Filippo already having an impact. Go get can, can this they, guy Can they trade for the, Fletcher uh, Cox and put Fletcher Cox right next to Linval <laughs> Joseph on the defensive line? That'd be good. That, uh, that would help. That would All right. I think we're going to have a real rivalry when those two teams play each other uh, next year. So. so. Of course, if the Vikings win... I hope Sid's still around to write. We got our revenge. Yeah, this revenge game. Just like the Chiefs, we beat the Chiefs and, in uh, the the following September after that fourth after Super Bowl four. Yeah, and you know, Patrick, you know it's going to be the Thursday night opener too. Vikings oh, and Eagles. Yes. It's yes. it's like, what else would it be? Yeah. Yes, yeah, well, definitely. All right. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet.
Uh, I did not get to see the Vikings' sterling victory over the Kings last night. The they, Wolves, uh, the Wolves win. The Wolves, excuse me. Uh, 13 straight uh, home victories now. Uh, I was surprised to learn it's only the third longest streak. They uh, Apparently in the golden years there, 03, 04, they, uh, they had longer streaks than this, but 13 yeah. in a row. Uh, probably in that whole streak, they haven't been as unimpressive as they were last night, huh? Yeah, they were kind of uh, they were kind of dragging a little bit there, and then they kind of turned it on in the fourth quarter and came back and won. They were actually down by like five or six, and uh, in portions of the game. So, and the Kings are just not. They're just not good at all. So it's kind of uh, it's I, I kind of ha- disturbing to watch that. I was bit. happy to see they got some shots for Towns. They're not getting Towns any shots when they're on the road for some damn reason. Yeah, uh, I, I think part of it is part of it is him, but I also think part of it is Tibbs. Like I feel like Tibbs has got to put more of an emphasis on getting him involved in the offense early. But at the same time, Cat has also got to be a little bit more assertive. I think too, and just. Demand the basketball that, a little bit more. When they get that 15-point lead, you got to let him to get shots, right? you got yeah. to hold on to that lead. Uh, that's uh, my theory. Anyway, but Manny, have you looked what they have coming up the next 12 games? Yes, I have. <laughs> and it's not uh, so right now they're 35-24 and 24 and yes. still in first place. Uh, well, uh, we'll see where it is. If, if they can win half of the next 12, uh, they're in good shape. But, boy, that would be an upset. They have the Rockets here Tuesday. Yep. For most explosive team in the NBA, even more explosive than Golden State. Uh, not not better, but more explosive. Thursday night, they have the Lakers here, right? And it's Flip Saunders Day. Flip Saunders Day. So, okay, you give them a win over the Lakers. Then they come out of the All-Star break, and they get a nice break here. They're off, uh, uh, what, four or five days after the break, right? Yep. Then, But they're February 23rd at Houston. Next day, Bulls at home. Uh, the 26th, a Monday. Saturday, they play the Bulls here. The 26th, they're at the Kings. So the, And there's no road game easy for this guy. Then March 1, they're at Portland. March 2, they're at Utah. Oof. Two teams chasing them back-to-back, Portland and Utah. And Portland has never been kind to them on the road. No. And then they got a bunch of days off. They got six six days off for some reason. And they're home with the Celtics. Then they're home with the Warriors. Oof. Then they're at Washington. Oh boy. On the thirteenth. Then they're at San Antonio. Oh boy. The seventeenth. And then the eighteenth, they're back home, but it's against the Rockets. <laughs> so twelve next twelve games you got Houston three, three times. So it doesn't make any difference you play them home or road. Yep. And you're at Portland, at Utah, at Washington, at San Antonio in that same time. And you're home with the Celtics and the Warriors. So uh, we'll find out what they got going for them right now during this stretch right here. This is uh, this is the season right here. They got to, uh, you know, five and seven you'd take, wouldn't you, on that, in that stretch? If, yeah. you can get, if you can get the 40 wins when you're done with that stretch, you'd feel pretty good about yourself. But yeah. uh, by far the toughest stretch of the season coming up right now. And and with the way that they've been playing on the road, even against these crap teams in the Eastern Conference that they've been losing to. Oh, yeah. They, they you know, add, the... add the Bulls to that list on Friday. I mean, yeah. they lost. They, they kicked that one away on Friday. And 
I mean, these these Eastern Conference road games, I mean, that Washington game on March 13th, that's yes. not going to be easy no. at all. And, I mean, and so. then, you know, hell, the way they played the other night, you, you, you go out and play the Kings, so that'll be close in the fourth quarter, and then you got two games. You got to win that game because then you're going to Portland and Utah. Don't know if Ricky will be back by then, but Utah has been playing really good. Yeah. Uh, had a nice run here. And uh, I don't know if they they might have hurt themselves with that trade they made with uh, with Cleveland. And, but, uh, and by the way, Patrick, uh, Woj just reported this about a half hour, maybe forty five minutes ago. Derrick Rose has cleared waivers. Okay, I have no opposition to this. Like Viking fans, I mean Viking fans, Timberwolf fans are all upset about this. What difference does it make? He's replacing. Brooks, Aaron Brooks. If he's replacing roster. Aaron Brooks, then I I don't mind it. I just but my issue with Derrick Rose is I just don't trust him, and it's not even the injury thing. I just don't trust him to to even be available. Yeah, that is the problem. Yeah, can he be available? Because he is a stronger guy. He could play a little defense if he wanted to. It depends. But what's he looking for? You still want to get Tyus. 18 minutes, don't you? Yes, because Tyus, I mean, Tyus is just you know, right kind of saved him uh, last night with two quick steals, right? Got him going in the fourth quarter a little bit. He yeah. gets some steals. And, uh, you know, if Tibbs is going to get killed if he brings in Rose and starts taking minutes away from Tyus, right? Yes, yes, because nobody he brings wants in, that. If he brings in Rose and he just sits there like Aaron Brooks and just plays when Aaron, you know, when – when uh, somebody's hurt or somebody's right. unavailable, if Teague's unavailable, that's and I, fine. And I will say that when when he signed, you know, when they signed Aaron Brooks, that that was the thought that, oh, he's going to take minutes away from Tyus. You know, what are they doing? And then, I mean, then we saw that Aaron there's Brooks basically comes there. in in garbage time. So yeah, there's nothing left there. I will say this about Derrick Rose: it's been a long time. One of the best high college players I ever saw. Oh boy, was he fantastic! Good at and uh, and he was fantastic in this league for three four years, and he just can't stay healthy, and he's not a shooter. Well, that's what they need. They need a shooter. How come none of those shooters have come here? Joe Johnson, he can't wait to go to Houston. Yep. Bellinelli, he's going to Philadelphia. Why doesn't a shooter want to come here and take some shots? You know, they should have. Uh, not getting Reddick was uh, was a bad. You know, as much as I hate Duke guys, uh, could have used them. Not getting him, man. They they still need a shooter. They yeah. need a shooter bad. So, yeah. Uh, tough sledding here though. The next twelve games, they're gonna have to play. Uh, they're gonna have to play their best basketball of the season to go five hundred in this next twelve game stretch. Well, and I and I think the the games that you you absolutely have to win in this stretch because it's it is a tough stretch, but. You got the Lakers coming here on Thursday. You have yeah. to win that game. And you got to beat the Bulls here. You, you got to beat the Bulls here. You got to go to Sacramento. Sacramento. You got to win that one. I mean, you got to beat Portland or Utah. You got to win one of those two games. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know. I guess you got to beat the Celtics at home because you're not going to beat the Warriors, huh? And maybe with them having a few days off before that Celtics game, before the Celtics come here, then maybe they'll have some fresh bodies and they'll be able to yeah. handle that. So. But uh, bad momentum here could lead to a. Could lead to a little ugly fall here, but you know we're always optimistic here on the ride with Racy. Yes, so, uh, we we won't positive predict. thinking. Yes, yeah, that's that's us. All right, we'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day 
Drake. Do you have a friend here? Yeah, he's my best friend. What's he like? I don't know. You have to get to know him. He doesn't say much, but, but when he does, you know he means it. He can feel it. Well, that's the main thing. Maybe next summer he's going to take me hunting with him and, and fishing. I want him to teach me how because I know he won't get mad if I goof. His name's Jim. It's, it's really James, but he likes Jim more. People he really likes, let's them call him Jamie. That is Sal Mineo in Rebel Without a Cause, uh, the uh, fantastic movie from the middle 50s about uh, discontented youth. And uh, James, that was Sal Mineo talking to Natalie Wood about James Dean. And uh, that movie was made in the 1950s. All of those people are dead now, of course. Natalie Wood, uh, the drowning accident that is now being uh, looked at as perhaps more than an accident. And James Dean in the car accident uh, very shortly after Rebel Without a Cause. I think in 56 he got killed uh, driving a sports car uh, at a uh, tremendous rate of speed. And that is Sal Mineo. Sal Mineo played the young, unsure-of-himself guy in all these movies. And uh, he was kind of the annoying guy, right? But uh, James Dean uh, befriended him in Rebel Without a Cars. Cause in 1976, uh, Mineo was parking his car behind his apartment when neighbors heard his cries for help. Someone described a white man with brown hair fleeing the scene. By the time they reached Minio, he was almost dead from a deep wound to his chest. He was uh, stabbed to death in a robbery. Uh, for two years, police searched in vain for clues to the killer's identity. At first, they suspected that Minio's work for prison reform had put him in contact with a dangerous ex-con. Then their focus shifted to Minio's personal life. Investigators had discovered that his home was filled with pictures of nude men, uh, homosexual pornography. Uh, that also failed to turn up any leads. Then out of the blue, Michigan authorities reported that Lionel Williams, arrested on a bad check charges, was bragging to everyone that he had killed Minio. Uh, the, uh, he was later identified, his wife later, uh, said that, uh, when he came back home that night, he was drenched in blood. Oh. She basically turned against him and Williams, uh, wound up, uh, being, uh, found guilty in a trial of the Sal Minio murder. And, uh, he was sentenced to 57 years in prison, Lionel Williams. But on this day in history, Sal Minio. Uh, an actor in Hollywood and uh, rather famous for my generation uh, was stabbed to death in Hollywood. Uh, so uh, you got that thing going. He was later in uh, The Longest Day and Giant. He was giant. So Salminio, uh, 1976, stabbed to death on this day in history. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.